0: Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. This is your spot for high school soccer. I am the boy soccer beat writer for Game Time CT, Scott Erickson, and we are joined, as always, by the girl soccer beat writer, Joe Morelli. Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, and we are joined by our producer, Pete, as always, too, who is pushing all the buttons and making it all sound good. Um we're going to get into a bunch of things polls games we saw but we got a couple of things in the mailbag this week and since people are actually writing to the mailbag I want to get right into the mailbag and and get some of these things and also encourage more people to write to our mailbag with any questions you have so we're going to throw over to Pete Pete's going to ask the questions that are in the mailbag what do you got Pete all right right off the bat um they want to know what are you guys thoughts on Daniel Hand and uh do they have a shot to make it three in a row this year so we're talking about the daniel Han boys yes daniel Han boys uh yes a short answer yes they have a shot to <laughs> to do it again they're seven one and one they're playing really well they're in class l um they have a huge game tonight uh, against Xavier. is Xavier,
1: the only team that's beaten them this year, and, and, and Xavier's still undefeated, having a great year too.
0: Right, and uh, you know Hand has the one loss, but yeah, Xavier's unbeaten. Xavier's plays in Double L, but this is a huge game in the SEC tonight, and we will have the game covered uh, in the New Haven Register and on GameTimeCT.com. Yeah, so you can follow that game there. But overall, yeah, I think Hand has is in a place right now where their program is so strong that they kind of just reload it seems like up there you know and there's uh you know new kids that come in obviously when kids graduate but they don't seem to have taken a step back the last three years and they're seven one and one in the sec this year so they seem to be on a good path again yeah they?
1: and they have a new coach in greg comstone uh, um and he's obviously like you said not it seems like nothing has changed i mean you got lee wilderman you got test story you got they've got play i went and watched them a little bit against guilford yeah, those two kids are really good. Um, yeah, they're they're very good, and, and and the tonight's game's at home, and obviously a key for hand is gonna you, you want to try to get two to three home games in the tournament because quarterfinals are home sites. I think that helps. And again, if they can get on a hot streak, like they they were so hot last year, and you saw, yeah. I mean they were just so good. That's always a big key. Um, but yeah, I think you're a two time defending champion. You know how to win, and you know how to play in the big spots. And a lot of those kids have been in big games and. Or they'll be facing some co- teams that haven't been in those games. So I would say they have as good a shot as anybody now. But we'll see when the pairings come out in a few weeks. It's right. It's it's amazing how quickly the season's going. In a couple weeks, the pairings come it out. It
0: goes fast. I mean, they yeah. have seven games left on their schedule. Uh, they beat Guilford 2-1 last week. That's obviously a big contender for them uh, in the SEC and in Class L. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a 2-1 win. Testore had, had both goals. Then they tied Cheshire. Cheshire's undefeated, too. So th- this is a good stretch for them here. where They play Guilford, Cheshire, Xavier. Um and they're you know they're one zero and one so far and we'll see what happens with Xavier tonight I think this is obviously their biggest test right um, and I then mean, they still...
1: you, you want to take care of business at home
0: yeah but one thing that's going to help them going into the playoffs I think is you play those three games then they still have Shelton Guilford again and Cheshire again so those are the games you're playing going right. into the tournament these teams in the SEC as we've talked about in the past are always battle tested going in, into playoffs
1: they may not be as strong. Stronger they've been in years past as a whole, but like I said, the, as a group, they'll be fine. I think it, they're all tough outs in the tournament. And Cheshire, Cheshire's in Double L. Like I said last, previously on a podcast, they lost in trouble in, in the first round. I'm sure they're looking to do better than that. So, yeah, obviously unbeaten. You know, you know, the problem with the SEC is you don't always get to see everybody. And, but in the soccer right, case, these teams don't play each other. Yeah, yeah. they don't because there's too many. But at least in the soccer case, Guilford and Ham play. Hands playing Cheshire, Hands playing Xavier, so you're, you're they're playing all the teams. There's nobody that they're not playing. Oh, Fairfield like fair Prep. Fairfield Prep seems to be missing well, everybody. F- yeah, <laughs> Fairfield Prep, but they're and they're number one team in Double Ls, as we'll get into later. But
0: but they don't play Xavier, they don't play Cheshire, they don't play Hand. I mean, that's uh, or Guilford. I don't think. or I don't think they play Guilford either. Yeah, I mean, so. so we're
1: gonna find we're gonna learn a lot about them. I mean, I don't know anything about Saint Anthony's and Jersey, but they whoever they beat New York, but they beat them. and They're undefeated. But, again, they're going to be – they're probably, if I had to guess, will be the one seed in the SEC tournament. Yeah. I mean, they've lost a hand in the final last year, and they lost in the first round. So – so, that's the, again, that's the one team that well, Shelton's much only, about. Yeah, when you
0: look at Prep's remaining schedule... Shelton has been struggling, so... Right, and that's the team that maybe, in Hamden maybe, that could beat them in the regular season still of the games they have left. Otherwise, the games seem...
1: I, have you seen... I don't even have it in front of me.
0: They'd most. be favored, I think, in most of the games that they have left. Go ahead, um, go through it if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, so they play... They, be, they just beat St. Anthony's, and they got Career, Hill House, no, please. West Haven, uh, no. which could, you know... But uh Wilbur Cross. No. Uh Sheehan. No. Uh, and then Shelton and Hamden. So Yeah, that's a that's a that's a There's a strong well, You know
1: what you know what it is, they they revamped the divisions and, and Shel actually Shelton and West Dave are in the same division, but they're just it's not as strong as last year, so I don't know. I guess their crossovers aren't as strong as I thought they were. So, so we'll see. Listen, I'm sure they're really good. I mean, I, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't go undefeated at this right. point if you're not good. Yeah, yeah. It's not, just, I'm not taking anything away from. No, you. I know you're not. It's just the it's, way I, the schedule I just, breaks. It's just. We will find out about them because you're going to see one or two of those teams in the SC tournament and maybe in the States.
0: There's no way to avoid them once you get into the tournament. That's the thing. No. Okay, Pete, what's our second question? Uh, Before we get to the second question, I just want to note, I do actually know something about St. Anthony's uh, from Long Island. They're always really good. That's the one in Long Island. Yeah, yeah. I went to to St. John's. Yeah, it's the one on Long Island. Uh, We were rivals. They were always really good. So they're probably still really good. Um, that go for is otters. some quick uh, Long Island <laughs> analysis from our Long Island producer. So you keep me around. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> how many
1: years ago was that? Well, did you just have your 10-year reunion? I just did have yeah. my 10-year reunion. Well, They're sure. always still good, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, the, what's the second question? The
0: second question is, do you th- guys think eventually that uh, the CIAC will hold any state soccer finals at the new uh, stadium in Hartford? I believe it's called Dillon Stadium.
1: I hope so. Uh, I haven't sta- seen it yet, so I I covered a football game there in 1997 state tournament game, but I I haven't seen it. And I don't. So I guess it's not open yet. Or- uh,
0: it was supposed to be open in April. Uh, there was a story in the Hartford Current last month about it, how they're obviously they're running over same kind of thing that happened with Dunkin' Donuts Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 10 million dollar renovation. They're redoing, putting a turf field. They're redoing the lights, putting the bleachers down. Um, it's supposed to be awesome. It's going to be 9600 seats, which is huge for a high school event. Uh, right. But I think it would be a great place where kids would want to go. You know the way kids want to go to Mohegan Sun for basketball, want to go to Palmer Field for baseball. This would be a destination, and if it's rancher
1: for football, used to anyway.
0: They used to, yes. Yeah. Uh, and you know, but this is a turf field. They're not going to tear up the a grass field if they have multiple tournament games on it. You know what I mean? Like right. if it was grass, they might back off.
1: But I would think it'd be in play at some point. But it would be. I, a, I would a, think so. A relationship but, they'd have to work on, and but. Uh I would be fun, wouldn't I, it to have a full day of games there and Yeah. Yeah. It would. I mean they used to back when I first started covering soccer, used the girls' finals used to be at, I think it used to be at Willowbrook. They used to all be in New Britain. Yeah. Uh right now the sites they use for the finals are uh, municipal stadium in Waterbury, yep. West Haven High School, Middletown High School, and, and, and Willowbrook or whatever you would call it, Veterans Stadium in New Britain. New Britain, yeah. I the CIC is not decided yet which sites but I would assume they're all in play yeah depending on availability so I think we were a couple of years away from Dylan being a a player yet because like said, they can say they got to open in they got to go through all the get the kinks out and all that stuff so uh and obviously this the local teams need to use it and so I'm sure it's a possibility at some point
0: I, I would love to see it next fall if they could get into that um the sites they have are fine but again we'd like to see I, I mean I like to see less sites and more games you know where you have a 101 4, you know, games. And, and, like, having either all the girls' they, games or all the boys' games. They and, used
1: to do that. And I, I, for whatever reason, I they just don't do it that way. So, yeah. So, uh, recently. And
0: yeah, they've split it up where they have essentially two games at each place. Yeah. Now, New Britain. 10 military. o'clock
1: and 1 or 10 and 2 or something like that. And so. part of
0: it may be that they don't want to play at night when it's cold like that. So...
1: That's probably part of it.
0: We'll see. Uh, that is the mailbag for this week. We want to encourage more and more people to write into this mailbag. We love answering these questions, they're great conversation pieces. So send things into the mailbag. We're going to post the link for that on Twitter. Joe will put it out. I'll put it out. And we'll put it out through the Game Time CT account. All right. We are going to take a short break right here for a commercial. And then we will be right back on Just for Kicks. Don't miss a. Pass, pitch, or putt this season and sign up for the Whistle newsletter to get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from Game Time CT. All right. Welcome back to Just for Kicks. Uh, we're going to get into the polls real fast here. Uh, they're not changing a ton, uh, you know, week to week. Um, Prep and Xavier are still atop the double L. They don't poll. play each other. No, they don't play each other. That's what I mean. Prep doesn't play any of these teams. That's, I, I'm um, surprised they
1: don't play. Just
0: I don't know how the SEC schedule works.
1: I don't know how the well. You you, you first of all they you you have your division and, right, and they, again they read they go by their s- division and crossovers, and then that's how they determine they go four across four. You know they they rank them in order. So yeah. down like one five nine thirteen and seventeen are your division. That's like one division and two, so and so as far as the rankings go, and then across are your crossovers. So if prep is on the top line, they would play all the top teams. My guess is prep might be on the second line, so they're not playing all the top teams, and that's, right. those are your crossovers. Yeah, I just don't know who prep's natural rival is. I, I thought it would be Xavier, but I admit, obviously it's somebody else. As far because they, like Guildford Hand, they always will play each other in soccer. They try to keep the one your natural best rivalry together. Like yeah. I think Shelton and Sh- Amity or Cheshire. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, prep they, plays
0: Shelton twice. They play Sheehan twice. Uh, so one of them is Shelton's, Amity, probably, Shelton's
1: probably their natural rival.
0: Shelton I, or Amity, right? I mean, I, I guess so. Yeah. They just they, they just aren't playing Xavier this year. I mean, that's just the way it worked out. No, they're not playing anybody. It seems like it's not it's not their fault. They don't no, make I, their I, own schedule. It's uh, not their fault. I just you know but, it just happens to work out. But, but like I said, it, they'll meet up at some point. Yes, they will. Um, you're going to see these teams. The double L tournaments going to be loaded with SEC and FCAC teams. Right. Uh, and then we have uh, South Windsor Hall, Hand, uh, Cheshire, uh, Weston's at number seven. Uh, Danbury, who's still undefeated at six zero and Five ties. Is five ties at number eight. Then uh, Farmington and Norwalk round out the double L and L for the boys. And then the smaller schools, the MS thing, um, there's still so many unbeaten teams down there. There's five unbeaten teams. Granby, Ellington, Lewis Mills, Litchfield, and Watertown are still all unbeaten. Stonington, Brookfield, Lyman, Ledyard, and Somers all have one loss, so uh, that that poll has kind of remained the same. But um, a lot of teams down there
1: with zero
0: or or one losses. What what do you have on the girls' side? Yeah, pretty
1: much similar to the top three, remain the same this week, all from the FCAC Richfield with all the first place votes, followed by Staples and Saint Joe's at three, setting up. We'll get into the games of the week in a few minutes. Uh, Glastonbury jumped Southfield, their number four, against Southfield at five. Shelton, the only unbeaten in the SEC at 6. The team they beat, gave it's only lost Mercies. That's tied for 7th with Sellington, followed by Tolland and Trumbull. In the MS Paul Granby still number 1, four first first place votes. Uh, Notre Dame Fairfield got one more vote this week, so they're not tied with Immaculate anymore. The SWC teams go 2nd and 3rd respectively, followed by another SWC school, Weston at 4. Lewis Mills at 5, Wolcott at 6, Cromwell out of the shoreline at 7, 8, Portland, also out of the shoreline, and then another shoreline school who lost last night to Morgan two nothing. Uh, North Branford and Northwest Catholic tied for ninth. So there's your top ten. And again, they're already posted. Uh, all the polls are posted on GameTimeCTD.com for the week.
0: Uh, those are the polls. You know, we like to mention them. Uh, they don't hold a ton of weight at this point. I mean, they have and, the they have and, the better teams and, up there. And but. just
1: so you know, people are wondering where certain teams are, why they're these are the state coaches' polls. We are right. just posting them. They are not not like the football they are not our polls we don't vote we're just running them to have a home because no one else has a home for them.
0: Right. And the coaches obviously don't see all these teams
1: unless they're, and and their the team is playing my, so. And there's only a limited amount of my coaches voting. Yes. But uh, it's either this or you have no poll. Right. And, and you're sitting there like, well, well who's number one? Well, right.
0: And they're really just a fun thing to talk about more exactly. than anything. They don't mean yeah. anything in the CIAC rankings, but they're fun. Right. Um, we're going to get into the games we saw right now. I do want to say last week we were talking about coaches that had been – in the FCAC for a long time, and I egregiously left off Mario Caminiti, who I cover all the yeah, time. I, heard, I saw that. <laughs> so he came up to me and he said, I was listening to the podcast. I said, Oh, thank you. He goes, You didn't mention me as one of the coaches. I've been here 31 years. <laughs> I said, well, how many wins does he have? I don't know how many wins he has. Well, I to, that, I was the other, that was wasn't that part of the that was part of the thing, yeah. But I mean, we were we were just talking about guys that had been there a long time, oh, that I could maybe get say. to that level. And I, right. I mentioned Dan Woog, and then I said, Kurt Putnam's been there maybe ten years. He said, "You said Kurt Putnam ten years and forgot about me. I've been here twenty more." Uh, and Mario actually didn't know. He said, "I've been here hmm. thirty-one or thirty-four or something a long time." He's been there a long a time, very
1: bro. long time.
0: Uh, and the other coach who we didn't mention who's been there a long time is Sebastian Gangami from Trumbull, who. I don't know if you read the story that Mike Fornabio wrote about him. Um, no, Sebby is has been there a long time, but he's battling leukemia right now. He's going through treatments. They honored him the other night uh, before the St. Joe game. He, you know, he came out. Uh, he's going to games. You know, he he was in the hospital getting treatments that day, and then still shows up at the games. The games seem to be giving him a little extra energy. Right. Um, the kids are wearing Sebby Strong shirts and bracelets mm-hmm. and really supporting him. Sebby's a great guy. I don't know if you've ever met him. I have uh, not had the pleasure o- no. over your time, but go read Mike Fornabio's story right. on Game Time CT. He wrote a great story about it. Uh, and you know, Trumbull's in a in a kind of a really good season this year, team wise. But they're also going through this with their coach right now, which is obviously hard for the kids and the coach and everything else. But when I've seen Sebby at the games this year, he seems so at home on the sidelines. I think it's probably. great respite from the treatments he's going through to be able to get out there and and coach and and do the game he loves Um, so the game I saw this week, I saw it yesterday Staples-Stanford it was a 1-1 tie, another good FCAC game but I was really impressed with the two Staples players, uh, Austin Scholes and Matthew Tanzer, they play in the midfield they both go back and play a lot of defense from the midfield and then help build the offense up through there. Mm-hmm. Staples plays great possession soccer. I, I don't know if you're a fan of possession soccer as opposed to the no, kick and chase. No,
1: I, I'm i fine with it because that's how you build a, you build the offense. Possession style yeah. works better than kick and run, I always thought.
0: Yeah, and it's, I think it's more appealing to watch too, at least for me, to watch a team work and build and pass. And I know people don't always love that, but there's something beautiful about that being able to do that well and and move a ball back and then back forward and have a strategy and and stick to it and and make it work I don't know if everyone's always aware of that when they're watching soccer that there's a tremendous amount of strategy that goes into a into a soccer game absolutely Um, what games did you see did you go out to any girls games this week no (laughs) <laughs> no, I
1: no, I, I'm just kidding. No, I I actually didn't cover anybody. I, yeah, I, I saw a little bit, first half of Morgan North Branford last night, and Morgan yeah. ended up beating them two nothing. That's the second straight time they've beaten North Branford, and this time they beat them on the field, not in PKs as they did in the uh, state tournament last year. I saw like, again a half of Guilford Ham Boys. I'm drawing blank on the other game. I did see another game. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, again, and now we're into October, and I think you're going to see the cream rise at the top. And, right, and I, and I think. You, you will find out who the contenders are and who the pretenders are. I yeah, think. As, our, as, I, as Pete is fond of saying. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he likes to say who, who's going to contend. And I mean, you're going to see your set upsets in the tournament. It's just the way it is. But I think only the really good teams can get through. It's hard for the underdog teams to win that many games. I mean, sometimes in the lower divisions it's possible, but in the upper division it's usually the top seeds usually reign.
0: And we do see these teams – we see this every year where teams are maybe slow out of the gate, but they build and build and build, and the good programs always seem to be there at the end. Right. Farmington's there, Glastonbury's there, Trumbull's there, Ridgefield's there, St. Joe girls are there. You know, it's – whatever goes on with them early in the year, they seem to figure it out as the season goes on. And, look, the Richfield girls and the St. Joe girls are on a
1: historic pace. I mean, yeah, both of them. We're going to get into the – we're going we're to get into the game. Yeah, we'll get, we will get into that. I <laughs> actually did see – I do remember. I actually went and watched – how can I forget – in the rain uh, – Mike Bedera covered the game, Sh- Amity, Sh- Shelton Amity. Right. And, and Shelton, like I said, is unbeaten, and they have a very good defense. And and they think that they can do well yeah. in postseason play with their defense. And I'm interested to see how they do, because they're going to run into an FCX score, too, in, in double L. So so we'll find out, because, again, you don't know how good these leagues are until they start playing outside of the league. And, I mean, uh, Shelton owns a win against Massick. Yeah. But uh, again, the FCAC only plays in their own league. So, yeah, it's hard. So, we'll find out. So. All
0: right. We're going to get into the top performers and games to go see. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, this is Just For Kicks on Game Time CT.
1: Every Monday evening, join us for the Game Time CT High School Football
0: Podcast. Sean Patrick Boley, Kyle Brennan, and Pete Paguaga bring you the latest and best in high school football coverage from across the state you get an immediate reaction to the game time CT media poll on top of discussions that go deeper than just the games. It's the no name high school football podcast only on GameTimeCT.com. All right, we are back on just for kicks. Uh, we're going to get into our fine performances that we saw this week. Uh, we mentioned this kid earlier from hand uh, Scott Tostori scored two goals in their two, one win over Guilford, uh, Brady Stevenson and Noah Stevenson, the brothers, um, played really well in Xavier's win they each scored two goals so that made dinner a little better at their house (laughs) they had a 7-1 win over NFA but it it was unique that they both scored two goals uh Jimmy Johnson who's an all-state goalkeeper for Greenwich played uh awesome against Trumbull uh in Trumbull it gave Trumbull their first loss one nothing he made a couple of spectacular saves uh Dan Montessarin from South Windsor Scored two goals as they beat E.O. Smith, 3-0. Uh, the CCC, you know, we try to talk about them as much as we can, but really good soccer up there. And then Kevin Porras from Norwich Tech uh, had a hat trick. Uh, scored all three of the team's goals as they
1: beat Chaney Tech, 3-0. Uh, what do you got on the girls' side for top performers? A number of good performances. Start with Maya Johnson on the old line we've mentioned her on the, on the show before. Three assists and one win over Westbrook, hat trick, and another and a win over Cogginshaw. Ashley Wenzel out of the Berlin, out of the CCC, had four goals in Berlin, 6-0 win over Middletown. Oliver Dubick from Sheehan last Monday scored with 38 seconds left to help Sheehan beat their rival Lyman Hall 4-3. We mentioned her on the show last week. We'll mention her again, Metal Man City out of Watertown. Four goals to beat Nogatuck 5-2, giving her 100 for her career, and they're still unbeaten, and she's a big reason why. We mentioned a lot about North Branford and Allie and goal. Somebody different, Zoe Miller in North Branford had a hat-trick and a 7-1 win over Hale Ray. Uh, Elena Snow and Sophia Visquera from Holy Cross. Both players scored three goals as Holy Cross defeated Ansonia 8-1. And then another three-goal game, uh, two f- familiar names from Massick, Gia Di Lorenzo and Casey Lawrence. Hat-tricks as Massick beat Benell 6-0, accounting for all their goals. Izzy Newberry, a name you'll be reading about uh, very soon on our site. We could doing a big story on playing field. Um, she had a hat trick as Plainfield beat NFA. Uh, I believe three nothing, yeah. So, and Plainfield playing a lot of the bigger schools in the ECC. And again, it's not a conference we talk about much, but they are having a very good season. And uh, wanted to let people know about that. Uh, Tony Domingo's another familiar name on Notre Dame of Fairfield had a hat trick in the, the Notre Dame six to nothing win over Bethel, and Sam Sam Lockyer of King. Low, Haywood, Thomas, at school that Mr. Er, uh, Erickson's familiar with, three time, three goals, and a 6-0 win over Foreman.
0: Uh, and then what games uh, on the
1: girls' side are you getting out to think it could be fun to go see this week? Some fun games. Maybe I won't stumble onto this one, but we you, you, you <laughs> mentioned it already. Uh, Ridgefield has a big week. Yeah. I mean, as I wrote about, they always say it's a big week, and every game's a big game in the FCAC and it probably is, but... When you're facing Rich State, when you're facing Staples, the team that you lost to during the regular season last year, and then beat in the uh, Double L Championship game, right? And neither one of them has lost a game in the games today in Richfield. We're going to have coverage of that game on Game Time CT. That's a big game. And then they f- play at St. Joe's, weather permitting, on Thursday. Um, another team that hasn't lost a game yet. But it's amazing. And Richfield, yes, he has yet to give up a goal. So yeah. we're going to find out a lot about these three teams, I think, over the next week or so. Um, I mentioned Watertown. The, they are facing Wolcott, two of the remaining unbeaten in the NBO on Wednesday at, at 6 o'clock. Um, another interesting game. Uh, if I Simsbury at Glastonbury. is always a traditional rivalry in the CCC. They're going off just playing uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, in Glastonbury, and then an interesting non-conference matchup. Cheshire has been running a hot streak in the SEC. They won their last three, including a win over hand. They're going to Newtown on Saturday night, at seven o'clock. And Newtown also has a big game, I believe, this week against uh, Immaculate. So you, the, again, Immaculate's playing name Dame, New, Fairfield, and New, then New, Newtown. You're going to find out again about the really good teams. And then you to find this is basically is a lot of jockeying for, for position as far as who will be the top seeds in the league tournament. I think this week will kind of help figure out who will be the top seeds come, uh, I believe, in a couple of weeks.
0: Right. The top seeds in tournaments and then home games in states. That's Right. What you really and want you, those home games Because
1: quarterfinals used to be neutral a long time ago. Now it's a home. And, and you want – it. the big thing is if you're in the 4-5 game, you want to be the 4 so you don't have to travel. Right. It's true. It's that serious. I mean, that, It is that serious. Because if you listen to teams, they'll – they. I mean – at least in basketball, I know that they, the they big deal is given getting the home, the third home game. It's a, yep. such a it's such a huge deal nowadays, and I, I would think that's a big deal for soccer as well.
0: Yeah, and that's why you look at a team like the Danbury Boys, who have five ties. They are currently the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the tenth seed. They'd be the tenth seed if the double L tournament started. They're unbeaten, but they'd be the tenth seed, which means when they got to that quarterfinal round, if they're second, playing a higher no, seed, second round they're going they're on second the road. round they're probably on the road. Yeah, they're, you're
1: they're right. going to the seven. Right. So that's the thing. I mean. And as as good as it looks, not having a loss on your record, you're going on the road. Right. Can you win? Of course. But if you're facing another FCAC team on the road, I mean, you could be out.
0: You could be out, absolutely. Uh, So these are some of the games I'm going to go to. I'm I'm going to Pomparag Barlow today, SWC up on the grass in Barlow. Uh, Pomparag's had a really strong season, uh, so I'm excited to see them. Uh, In the shoreline today at 630, there's a really big one. Valley Regional's playing Hail Ray. Hail Ray's undefeated. Valley Regional's got one loss. That's a great game in the shoreline if you're in that area. It's yeah, like, Hailrays
1: are really impressive this year. I don't think they really are. They lost a game. I don't think they – No, not. they're un- yeah undefeated. Right. I, I just uh, – I, um, I can't remember Hailray ever being this good in soccer in all the years I've been doing it, but good Yeah, and them. they
0: have allowed – three goals this season so that that is phenomenal that's how one won us to
1: morgan i know that but they, right they tied morgan but
0: tied morgan won one I uh, gave up a goal to westbrook and cromwell both games they won and everything else has been a shutout so right. we'll see this should be a really good game today with valley regional and them uh and valley
1: i know i'm jumping the gun here yeah. and i apologize but i know valley and morgan are f- coming up at some point that's coming up too yes at some point but anyway, go ahead
0: uh, and then hand and Xavier tonight, so we got some really yes. good soccer games tonight. uh Hand Xavier is awesome in the SEC. I I, w- I would like to go to that if I wasn't going to be in Reading at the <laughs> three hours before. I'd like to drive to Madison. Yeah, I think but... it's
1: going to be a nice atmosphere. And again, uh, we'll, yeah, Surf we'll, Club. Y- you learn about we know about hand. Yeah, well, I want to find out about Xavier. Xavier's had a great year. Now we're going to find out. You go on the road and you beat hand.
0: That's legit. That's legit. Yeah. Um, Thursday uh, in the CTC. We don't talk about the CTC at all, but Wilcox, oh, Tech, yes. Wilcox Tech has won 38 games in a row. It's the longest active winning streak. This is probably the best chance any team has in the regular season of knocking them off. Platts 7-2-1. and one. This could be the game. If not, Wilcox is probably going to go into the L tournament riding an
1: over-40 game winning streak. That's mm-hmm. crazy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And against the longest one longest one so far and uh they don't go outside the league so again we will find out about them come state tournament time but yeah i'm sure plattec would be motivated uh to go go into merit and see if they could pull off a win i
0: think you would be um and then the cral on friday we got aerospace and innovation those are the two teams at the top of that league another Mm -hmm. league that we don't give a lot of love to but those are the two best teams in that league and they are playing each other friday and then saturday we got a crossover game: uh, Nvl, SWC, Watertown at Pomparog. Interesting. Uh, that's a great thing to do, I think, before the state tournament is to play another team that it's quality from out of your conference and see how you match up against teams that don't know you
1: really well. Well, when you try to schedule, and you know you have two two chances to to try and. Better prepare yourself for the tournament. You don't want to schedule somebody that you know you're going to win. You want to schedule somebody on the road, tough, that is going to get you ready for those moments in November. And that's all it's about.
0: And I love seeing this late in the season, too. I mean, it's one thing to play at the first week of the year when you don't really know what you have. But to play on a Saturday in October – I wish more schools would do this where they'd cross over and maybe have an FCAC-SEC like games and stuff like that. And it could be really fun. Well, FCAC
1: doesn't play outside. That's the problem. Though. I know
0: they don't, but maybe we could work something out.
1: <laughs> no, I wish they, I wish they would. And I'm glad the SEC does. but
0: I'm glad they do because it's really interesting games, I think, especially when you get later in the year. Um, look, we had another fun show here today. you enjoy yourself, Joe? I did. Oh, good. Uh, listen, this has been Just for Kicks. I want to encourage you to, again to follow us on uh, Twitter, both of us, to follow Game Time CT. Send us your mailbag questions. For Joe, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week.